Hey everyone, Austin Swanson here, aka 24-7. Today I'm discussing Cardlytics, and I'll be going over my thoughts following the Q4 2021 earnings call, as well as the update 10K. So last week was earnings, and what got me excited, and I had no plans of actually doing a full write-up on this, I was adding stuff to my research notes, um, but it wasn't until you know going back over listening to earnings again as well as looking at the transcript that i started noticing all these really small updates that i think were going completely unnoticed by others as well as even myself again it wasn't until afterwards that i realized that because that, that's the fun thing about cardlytics and their earnings and their updates is that there's so much so many things going on right now with the business that their updates aren't even just a sentence long sometimes it's an important update within a sentence and so we're going to be going over some of that today uh, the way i've kind of you know, uh, broke up this uh, or separated out this write-up and how I've kind of thought about this is in different segments. And essentially, uh, I thought about it in terms of the core Carlytics business, DOSH, Open Banking, and Bridge. And there's a reason I've thought about it in that way, and I'll, and I'll tie that all together at the end. Uh, just note that Carlytics, when they talk about core Carlytics, um, I'm not positive. It's either that they think about it the way I am of just like how the business was uh, before all the acquisitions last March or starting in March. Uh, but I think they've also started tying DOSH into the core platform because they don't separate that in terms of financials like they do with Bridge. Um, so again, just note, I wanted to note that in case you hear then core Carlytics, you know, buy, you know, Carlytics themselves uh, versus what I'm talking about here. Uh, but I wanted to refer to it as core as just something slightly different to signify instead of just Carlytics in general. So uh, in, in terms of a summary of what we're going to be talking about in the core Carlytics business, you have adding more agencies with possibly 90 or more new advertisers which is huge. <laughs> and I'll talk about why that is. Uh, ad agencies, doubling spend, an acquisition for local mid-market content, a strategic plan to get new banks. And I, I'll, I'll discuss who I think that is. Um, and a potential for, uh, there was a potential B of A uh, progress that was shown. For DOSH, you have adding more neo banks and fintechs, and also the announcement that we should see that that a marquee uh, partner, or rather the innovative fintech, should happen this quarter, Q2. Open banking, there was a, an additional program, uh, and again, possibly with no revenue share, and we'll talk about that, as well as interest from others. And that's a very important update that I was waiting to hear to see if we would ever get some momentum going in open banking, and I think this is key, and I'll talk about why and how I'm thinking about this, and why there's a structure in place that uh, we could see some real momentum in the a lot of benefit from open banking, but it's dependent on card and what they're after there. Uh, in terms of bridge, there was also a small update that is, could actually be quite large in terms of three large uh, or three late stage opportunities in CPG and grocery. I'll talk about why that's key and what that could mean and what Carlyx should be aiming to do there. So first one, we have the entertainment acquisition. We had an acquisition. Like that was that was huge. Like like with Bridge, you knew maybe there was an uh, acquisition in the future because they needed the skew. Uh, I thought in terms of local content, it was going to be more of a function like what, what they talked about. Of maybe partnering with more third-party content creators, using the API to connect with others, uh, maybe using Bridge and partnering with POS systems, uh, and then other self-service, uh, you know, or using self-service to get get that local content. So an acquisition, you know, the one acquisition I thought might happen for that was getting rewards network and then taking it away from everyone else like a fig. Uh, but this is very interesting for an important reason that we'll talk about now or, or talk about here in a second. So at, just in general, um, we had this up uh, this this acquisition for $15 million, so pretty cheap, uh, that, that they'll use cash and stock, and it was at less than two times revenue. And so the acquisition was to add more local and mid-market content. And then Carlyx specifically said, quote, with our scale, we see an opportunity to materially grow this business. Our plan is to use entertainment's content on the Carlyx platform once our bank partners launch our new ad server and roll out the new user experience. And a reason for that is they've talked about this in the past. They, they did not ever want the B of A situation to happen, from what I understand, uh, because you want to have the new user experience to be able to organize the content better. And so like in B of A, they didn't do that. And so then they just threw all these local offers in there. Now you have like 100, 150 plus offers and it just becomes this, you know, not a good experience. You don't, you can't find the national offers. You can't understand what is what. And so you need to be able to have the new user experience, organize it better Then let alone, you know, instead of just having, you know, a white background in the words. And again, when it's local content, it's like really local content. It's hard to it, like, it's less familiar to people. So you need, you know, richer imagery, which can happen on the new user experience. Uh, where this gets better, 
right? Where this gets gets me excited, and I haven't heard anyone else talk about this. Uh, I tweeted about it, and I don't think I even got a response from what I remember. And this is a huge deal, and it's very cool. <laughs> it was that there was two different mentions of using the entertainment acquisition to sign new banks. And my thought is American Express. And so specifically, the quote was, uh, the first one was, Additionally, we think this content will help us penetrate other banks who are hesitant to show their data, but will want local content, but still want local content. And then again, uh, Lynn said, quote, and one last point I'll make, and I know I said this in the script, uh, but I do think it's an interesting way for us to penetrate banks that are not quite yet comfortable giving us their data. But let's give you some of our content, let's give you some of our technology, and then but slowly work our way into getting your data. <laughs> I think it could be an interesting Trojan horse for us as well. So why I think this is actually related to American Express was following the comment in January uh, by Carlytics, where they said, quote, so you know we're watching those, they are definitely opportunities, certainly the one we would love to have is Amex, which is a homegrown program. Not sure we'll ever get them, quite frankly, because they have this religious thing, as they should, about they don't want to give their data to anyone. And we need the data. So we'll see. So you have American Express as a bank that Carlix specifically has called out as the one they want, and that they also have this data hurdle. So therefore, Carlix could be using American Express, give them these local offers first, as well as some technology, and then worry about, about the data later. Why this is actually really interesting, there's actually multiple aspects, aspects that I'll get into why this is interesting, but the first one is, well, the fact that they, they that this acquisition, it could be a super strategic acquisition to get a new bank. That I just, I love. Uh, but it's possible Cardlytics thought of this after the B of A rewards network situation. And if they didn't, that's fine, but this why, why this is interesting is essentially like let American Express, you know, run these local offers first, and then realize how much better it could be with targeting uh, by using purchase data. Why this relates to the B of A situation is uh, B of A was first running the local offers, uh, those location specific offers uh, of rewards network that was likely from FIG originally. Uh, but then they later asked Carlytics to run them through their rails uh, by you because they wanted to add in the purchase data right? That B of A only trusted Carlitos with the purchase data. They didn't want to give it to Rewards Network or, or anyone else, presumably, based on the comments we were hearing, uh, you know, earlier this year. And so, therefore, Carlitos, what they would have is they would actually have data from the B of A situation before and after what those local offers were like with the purchase data. And so, again, what happened in this whole situation, why this relates is B of A was running those local offers without purchase data, they were, and so they weren't performing well. We were hearing that, and then that was confirmed in, uh, I believe, January. Uh, again, I have full write-ups on this where I had the update or where Carlos talked about it. Again, no, it was really cryptic, uh, but I believe, you know, based on putting this all together like a puzzle, that was exactly what was happening. And so you had before not, you know, running the local offers in B of A, no purchase data, it was going poorly. So then in December, they're like, hey, Carlos, we actually want you to run it so we can use the purchase data. And so Carlos has that possibly has that before and after, but they also know firsthand, okay, they wanted the local offers, we'll do exactly what B of A did, and then they'll want us to use it with the purchase data. So I think that's just super interesting. But where it gets even more interesting is they mentioned, but let's give you, they say, well, I'll give you the content, the local content, but let's give you some of our technology. And so we know that the ad server and the new user experience is needed first for uh, like this content, because they say, uh, we plan on using the entertainment content on the Carlix platform once our bank partners launch our new ad server roll out the new user experience. So they might, in order to have that local, I don't know for sure, it could be totally different, but the fact that Carlix is specifically mentioning, hey, they have to take, you know, they, there's technology we have to give you as well. So it could be that they, they need to take the new ad server, new user experience. What that does is if they have the ad server, that would also give them product level offers, which I don't believe, you know, I have American Express. Um, I don't, and I look through the offers. I don't think I've ever seen product level offers, right? Similar to Carlytics, uh, or just, you know, the, the, the blanket offers or just store level. And so they could they could get product level offers, but and they could also possibly get engaged the new self service for banks, and therefore this could be all the technology that you know that they're giving American Express. In my last write up, I talked about you know which which, which the self service for banks uh, topic. I mentioned how that technology of uh, the self service for banks could actually increase the probability of other banks partnering. Again, this was before the earnings call, so I had no idea this was going on or that they were really targeting. Uh, even stronger, I specifically mentioned using the self service for banks to get American Express um, and using it as a way for them to get over the data hurdle. Again, Carlex is talking about this at earnings. Hey, we have this this, this partner. They want we we, we both want to work together. They just don't want to give us our Data. I thought, hey, maybe we can leverage this. So essentially, I talk about how uh, how the new self service for bank increases the probability of other banks partnering with uh, with them. 
And so my thought was American Express at one time has even expressed interest that they wanted to work with Cardletics and it just came down to data about not wanting to share the data based on what Cardletics has said. So maybe my thought was that this new cell service for banks will be the extra push American Express needed to get over the data hurdle since they could continue what they're doing using the cell service for banks. They can continue doing what they were doing before. Uh, in, in a similar capacity, but then still get all the other benefits of Cardlytics and increase engagement even more, right? Uh, so you like altogether, you would be giving them the local offers, which is what they apparently is what they're expressing some interest in. They would get the cell service for banks, so they can continue doing what they're doing, as well as get the local offers. And then they're on the new ad server, presumably, so they can also get product level offers. And then also they have, you know, because they're in the Cardlytics network, then they, they unlock all the other advertisers and all these new ad agencies that we'll be talking about next uh, that can start placing offers in the platform as well. So there's a lot of crossover benefits. Um, so I just think more than ever, I think the probability of getting American Express, especially if they start doing this, you know, Trojan horse method, I think it's the, the highest probability we've ever seen of, of them signing American Express. And what's funny is one of my first write-ups <laughs> I talked about, oh, that would be a huge catalyst, is if they signed American Express. And it's just, it, and I got ridiculed for that, actually. Like, so many people reached out, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. And so it's just like, I think I even talk about this at, at, at the end a little bit. Um, it's just funny that everyone thought about that as like, that'll never happen. Um, and then it's like, hey, this might happen now. Right, like there's always a probability. It just it's between you know zero and 100 percent. Usually with anything like this, it's over zero. There's at least some probability, and now we're taking new information, and that probability is increasing. Right, you know that that Carlos has expressed interest, and now they're using a, you know an acquisition possibly try, to try to get uh, American Express as well. So why does that matter? Like like does American Express is that going to actually do anything for Carlytics? Well, the reason this could be a big deal is they have a decent sized user base in relation to other individual banks that we've seen. And they're possibly much more engaged. One number I've seen is American Express posted in 2020, eligible US card members earned over 180 million in statement credits on qualifying purchases after adding and redeeming Amex offers. So 180 million in statement credits, right? Cash back uh, in 2020 compares to 76 million. Uh, so 100 million less uh, of consumer incentives by car in 2020 and then 127 million in 2021. So given they have a much smaller user base, I've seen that it's hard to find actual numbers, but what I've seen is about 63 million card holders. So it's probably been less MAUs in, M in, in Amex. But the reason why that like why then even if they have the lower amount of users, why they have so much more statement credits is one uh, is a function of having you know more engaged users also having a longer running program. So it's more likely that the users will find this and understand and have time to interact with these offers. And most importantly, they have higher offer amounts given from what I've heard, all the billings are just going directly to the statement credits or the consumer incentive. So there's nothing you know retained by Amex and they're not sharing with someone like a Carlytics. And so that boosts the offers significantly. So given that last point, the way I've kind of thought about it is if you kind of try to make the same conversion, like if you assume that's all billings, how much is that in consumer incentive if it was Carlytics? Well, that's around 60 million. Well, 60 million statement credits in 2020 compares to still 76 million uh, by Carlytics. So it's almost the same with Amex having way less users. So it still shows you there's probably some level of engagement there. That was, that was just one way I thought about this. So if Carlytics came into the picture with American Express, I think the worst case would be uh, Carlytics would just not get any revenue share of all the existing advertisers that American Express brought in. And the, not only does that make logical sense, but that's actually the language in the 10K for both B of A and Chase. I don't know if they talk about this elsewhere. I just I quickly got these uh, quotes where they say, quote, the specific FI share percentage that we pay is based on whether we or Bank of America, and they talk about this with Chase as well, whether we or Bank of America have secured the relevant marketer accounts and other marketer and transaction specific factors, provided that we are entitled to retain a minimum percentage of the monthly revenue subject to the GSA. And so again, they're saying it comes down to whether you know, Carlytics or Bank of America secure the relevant marketer. So, um, however, any uh, uh, offers from marketers Carlytics brings would bring in from the situation from ad agencies using the, maybe the new self-service component, the new ads manager, or from bridge and product level offers, which have lower revenue share uh, from what we've heard and make and make sense based on other language, we, which we talked about in the whole bridge write-up, uh, or or the SMB local content from maybe the entertainment acquisition. All of that Carlytics would be earning some revenue off of, and so it's still possible Carlytics will get a cut of the existing offers because again they might be running on the new ads manager with 
with the new UI UX. Um, and so there was all that language in that 10K where they said there's a minimum percentage involved. Uh, but again, I'm not even worried about that because they could still earn a lot uh, off all the new content. So although there's a lot of uncertainty of what, like how to actually think about this in terms of numbers, uh, one way I've thought about this is like, what if you could just double the amount of consumer incentives or, or the amount of billings in that channel? And so, uh, and I think that's possible uh, through the, the fact of product level offers, self-service used by all the agencies and the local content. I think an additional $180 million in billings and the way I'm thinking about this is their consumer incentive is still, it's still by a advertisers is essentially the billings because they're just putting all their billings to the consumer incentive. And so it's like, if we doubled it, it would be $180 million in billings, which is about, if we have the same conversions around $120 million of revenue. And so, or around 50 to $60 million in gross profit, but could be higher because if they're using product level offers, there could be lower revenue share, which increases the gross profit. So assuming this could be achieved at the end of like 2023, meaning if they get the bank <laughs> express now, you have either on the new ad server, you get this all rolling out with the product level offers and the agencies and all that. And, and by the end of 2023, core Cardlytics is supposed to be cash flow positive. And I'm going to presume that does not include American Express because they're not in the picture right now, right? So presumably then if they're if the core business is cash flow positive, they're covering all the operating expenses, uh, this all this additional 50, 60 million plus, whatever it may be, of gross profit should just drop to the bottom line. Since again, there should be minimal incremental operating expenses that need to be covered. Because we know like with adding Wells Fargo, I believe they threw around that maybe only one additional employee was needed. You already, you know, the tech is already created. They're using self-service. So there shouldn't be a lot of additional operating expenses or uh, new employees or anything else that are needed for this. There's probably some, but not a lot. And so if, if that does drop, that's about uh, 20 multiple. That's an additional billion or, you know, $1.2 billion of value. That compares to a f all because of a $15 million acquisition. Like that is amazing. <laughs> and this, and here's the thing, that's only the short term, right? That, that, that doesn't even take into account all the secondary impacts. Uh, like you have larger reach now with America Express leading to more advertisers and, and better, more offers, which then increases engagement and redemption further. Right. You could also have America Express, uh, their existing advertisers, maybe then those because now they understand how this works. They fit it into their models. They, they understand cash back and card linked offers. They might start placing offers in the rest of Carlo's platform, right? Increasing, you know, revenue further also doesn't take into consideration the decreased risk of failure for Carlytics, or rather the validation or confirmation of their competitive advantage. I've already said this before, but think about how many people continue worrying about banks doing this in-house right? Well, are people going to continue worrying about this in-house if the large, largest in-house program who's been, you know, doing this for years, all of a sudden starts using Carlix as well? Like, are you going <laughs> to, it'd be a huge data point that I think that's why, like I mentioned before, that I think it's a catalyst that it changes a lot of people's thought is, whoa, the one program that does this in-house, who's done it for years that we never thought would do it, is using Cardlytics now. Maybe there's something there more. Maybe there's a reason people are using Cardlytics. So I think it would be a significant deal. All right, give me one second. So uh, <laughs> I laugh because that, you know, we just spent a long time on that, but I thought it was important. Uh, the rest of this, uh, for the most part, is pretty quick. So in terms of ad agencies, I'll say that now and you'll be like, what? Because you know before me, you're like, there's still an hour left of this video. <laughs> uh, so in terms of ad agencies, the one quote was uh, where they brought this new contract in with that had quote 90 plus potential advertisers to the table uh, for Cardletics, right? That they would be bringing 90 plus more advertisers. 90 is extremely large, especially in relation to what we heard at Q4, which they said that there was about 505 logos logos on the Cardletics platform. So if you're bringing 90 more, that's a, that's a substantial increase in the number of advertisers in the channel. And I'll talk about why that's even more important later. Uh, well, I'll just even mention it now. The fact is, is if a ton of those are CPG clients, they could start leveraging maybe all the bridge clients. Like if they start adding like uh, grocery and, and, and supermarkets, where then it's just, there's a lot of nice things that if you start adding these ad, ad agencies, they're going to get that additional benefit of starting placing all these product level offers. Uh, an additional comment was in Q4, agencies more than doubled their ad budgets with us year over year. This wasn't too surprising because we've heard interviews uh, from like Horizon Media and some others that have said, yeah, we, we plan to keep increasing our ad spend. But this seems to be in line. Again, I'll, I'll, let me just read this so I don't miss anything. Like we've heard from advertising agency, advertising agencies saying that they would increase their ad spend despite their additional comments saying, oh, it's not fully self-service, that the, the self-service component of the new ads manager isn't fully self-service. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> why, why I'm laughing is like people got so hung up on that that they're like, oh, oh, oh uh, Carlix, like even though they're not Facebook with 70,000 employees, they only have 600. Uh, it's not the exact same, you know, self-service components that, you know, this is all, this is a failure. Like people were just hammering that. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like, I get that. But at the same time, these ad agencies have said, yeah, despite that, though, we plan to get some more employees on and we'll probably increase our ad spend because now we can do more on our own. And it was like, so there was actually an improvement that occurred that, that the self-service, even though it wasn't fully self-service, uh, it was still an improvement leading to additional ad spend. So in my mind, it's like, hey, that's a positive. And then it's the fact that, oh, as it gets fully self-service, we should see additional benefits. And so again, especially as, you know, I, I I thought this was an extreme positive and it's moving in the right direction. And we're now have a confirmation. Not only have we already heard this from advertising agencies, but it's like, hey, they're still doubling their ad spend uh, with what how the self-service is now. So it's better than what was before. Uh, throughout 2021, this additional quote, uh, Carlos added 30 more advertisers through additional 10 new agencies. So here's the thing. As this was through 2021, this this large one that was added that had the 90 plus, that was also signed in, in 2021. So I don't know how many of these 30 advertisers are from the other, if these are just completely separate and there's actually now 120 plus new advertisers in the channel, regardless, it's significant and, I, and it's, it's, it's exciting to hear. So altogether, Carlix seems to be on track uh, to hit their 2020 or to match what they said in 20, uh, December 2021, where they mentioned that 2022 is going to be a massive growth year for us in terms of agency spending billings and mid-market spending billings. So you can see why that will be based on all these new advertisers they're adding. So if Carlix, excuse me, can get more MAUs on the new ad server, plus sign up more bridge clients to accept CPG ad spend, as we'll discuss next. And if they can partner with American Express, I think 2022 could be even a bigger year than most assume. I mean, I, I think we're starting to see all these compounding effects uh, where everything's, you know, kind of going together and it could just, you know, it could be quite impressive, but we'll see. So with Bridge, uh, this I'm going to talk a lot here about Bridge. This will be the last like large section, uh, and it's only like I think it was, this is one of them that was a, it was an update within uh, a full sentence. But it said, "quote Bridge pipeline remains extremely strong and includes three late stage opportunities in CPG and grocery." This got me excited, right? Given it shows Carlix may soon. Uh, show a significant unlock in billings and substantially increase the quality of the channel in terms of more offers and more relevant offers. And I'll talk about, I'll give some examples of why I think that is um, with some really good physical evidence of, of, of what, what we could start seeing. Uh, so this could also go together with the new ad agencies who likely have a large number of CPG clients uh, that, you know, could, that those offers could be then redeemed at maybe grocery stores or supermarkets. So again, you know, using the bridge acquisition will allow product level offers. Now having the self-service component and going to these ad agencies, they have all these CPG clients who could start, you know, placing offers that are maybe at, you know, a grocery store or supermarket. So there's, there's some nice, uh, you know, combined or synergies, I guess is probably actually the right word um, between those both both those initiatives. So in terms of who that could be, my thought is that the comment or the quote is the bridge pipeline makes it more seem like uh, that there's like it, it, I go both ways on this is that it could be more in terms of people that are not bridge clients yet, or it could be that it is bridge clients and that just the potential there is huge, right? Like 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 if they three late stage opportunities in CPG, like it's hard to quite know exactly what they're meant. So I'll go down two different paths here. Uh, but one is like if maybe they're not bridge clients, and I don't know with Kroger if they are or if they are not uh, a bridge client at this time, but they possibly could be or looking to be in the future because we start seeing a ramp up in their offers uh, in Q4 of 2021 with Kroger. And that could be an indication that they're thinking, hey, we're gonna do product level offers, let's start testing this. Cause I don't see them forever saying, oh, let's keep doing you know store-wide offers with different margins on all our different products, let alone 10%, that's quite large. Um, so I would think that they would only be doing that if they're gonna be doing product level offers. And I think a grocery store as large as Kroger would be a very key partner. Uh, Rite Aid is the, so there's only one other like physical evidence I've really seen of who one of these partners could be uh, that are part of this pipeline. Uh, and Rite Aid's one of them. And the reason for that was in DOSH, we started seeing products at Rite Aid, right? They actually had product level offers. I thought this was amazing, right? And um, here's the thing. I've only seen this from, I got this from somebody else that they sent me this screenshot. I have not seen this from anyone else 
heard it from anyone else. So I'm hoping that this, you know, this was probably a test, but I hope this continues to roll out, uh, not only on more Dosh platforms, uh, but all the Dosh partners, including Venmo, uh, and as well as Open Banking. In Open Banking, they, uh, they've mentioned it like Investor Day, where it's on the new ad server, and so that they can do product level offers and use Bridge. So that's really key. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So the only other large cl client that I could uh, think of is Walmart. And I will talk about Target here in a second. <laughs> uh, but, but in terms of, of, of partners who maybe aren't, uh, that we have no idea if they're uh, a bridge client or not. And so this could, could explain why Walmart, who is a client of both uh, Carlytics and Dosh, this could explain why Walmart and specifically Walmart Grocery was shown more than any other company in the update investor presentation. So we had it here. Let me see if I can show you. Yeah, here was at Walmart Grocery. Here was Walmart Grocery. Again, thank you for your purchase at Walmart Grocery. They were just shown everywhere. And so that just seemed kind of like a clue to me. Again, this was also a clue because before Q3, there was all this concern regarding, you know, Chipotle, if they were dropped from the platform. And then all of a sudden, one of the updates was including Chipotle as, uh, you know, in one of the pictures. So I thought that was interesting. So Walmart is client of both Cartlytics and Dosh, but I've never heard of them being a bridge client. So maybe that's part of this. So now the comment regarding the bridge pipeline, it, it does make it seem more of a function of adding new bridge clients. Uh, so this could be separate, but a client of Cartlytics who started advertising in Q4, right? So all, just now all, all recent when product level offers are, are now you know starting to, to occur and who has also been rumored to be a bridge client is Target. Uh, Target would also allow for grocery and CPG opportunities matching that comment. And I would think Carlytics uh, would focus more on clients that are, you know, that are clients of both Carlytics and Bridge already. They'll focus on that first before acquiring, you know, new uh, partners. And where their ad agencies and CPG clients can start spending a lot of money, right? So Target's just, it just seems that logical fit of like, well, let's get this working. They're already a client of Bridge. Uh, we have Carlytics. They're already starting to advertise on Carlytics. They understand it. We have all these ad agencies who can start spending a lot. This will make the biggest impact. Let's work on them first. So the odds of seeing product level offers in the bank channel uh, from Target are, I think are pretty high because now they're like, they just started advertising. Like as of Q4, Chase, there was a target offer. And I like, to me, this showed that they're going to start doing product level offers soon, uh, at least, or maybe from ad agencies being the ones that are, are, are spending that. And the reason I thought about that, I, like I was thinking about this before Q4 earnings is because I wouldn't think we'd ever see someone like Target placing like a, a blanket offer, a product level or a, a store level offer, unless they were going to do product level offers. So maybe they know product level offers are coming and they were just they they thought, hey, let's let's do some uh testing. So in terms of numbers, I think having target on the platform will allow for uh to allow product level offers. I think target on the platform, allowing product level offers will have the most significant impact on its own. Like it'll have a huge impact. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit of how I'm kind of thinking about it in terms of numbers. So there are a few important ideas that I just kind of want to share here. It's kind of a little off, not totally off topic because we're talking about targeting, we're talking about product level offers and everything else, but I think there's a way that we can think about this or at least a few important ideas related to target that Carlytics should take note of. And maybe it's a, a frame of mind of what could be achieved with Carlytics. So one is the target target circle app or, or their, their loyalty program. So I was speaking with my wife uh, yesterday and I was just kind of talking to her about it. And she said that she, and actually said, I said, Hey, send me that in a text. <laughs> I don't like, so I can quote you. And she said, I always look at the target circle offers before I go into the store. Like, I, I don't, I feel that that is, that's huge, right? Like to me, that should be the goal of Carlytics is getting users to think, let me look at all my offers before I go shopping. And I'll talk about, so, I mean, I'll talk about this in a little bit later, but if you start getting more of these loyalty programs or doing something similar, all in Carlytics, uh, it's all those, it's instead of having all these separate loyalty apps, they're all in one spot. It makes, to me, it makes sense. Instead of, I, I'm not going to always check all these different apps to see what the best thing is. But if I have one spot where they're all at, that's increases the odds that I'm going to look at those offers. Especially if they're so good like this, that, you know, if, if, if Emma's going like that and looking at the offers before she goes target, what if it's like that for everywhere that there's all the offers and it's like, hold on, before I go out, let me just look at that or, or spend one second and look at those offers uh, at, at the beginning of my day. So this should be the goal of Carlytics, right? That, that, that having that thought process, like that's an, a huge end state that I think would be amazing. Uh, but below are a couple screenshots uh, from Emma's uh, target circle app showing uh, she redeemed offers totaling $23 cash back in 2021 and about ten dollars in the last three months through 2022 or less than that it's only been really like not even two and a half so i believe these high amounts show what's possible in carlytics when they add product level offers and more stores that are relevant to the users such as with grocery supermarkets right if you could do this with target and walmart and kroger and and all the other ones 
I mean, I think this shows what could be possible, let alone compounding that like this is just one store. And that's why I started getting really excited with the bridge update and the three late stage opportunities in CPG and grocery, right? These are exactly related. So if this is one example of Target, and I'll talk about this in a sec, but it's like you could even do it. You presumably could do this way better in Cardlytics because you have the purchase data, right? That is not just your store where, you know, what, what she spent at Target. It's like, hey, what about what she's spending at Walmart and other grocery stores? And so we know how we can more define and refine these offers, which should increase like, hey, instead of spending, you know, she's already spending this uh, at Target or somewhere else. She's not going to switch here. Uh, so let's spend more on some other offer right in a higher amount increasing the amount that she's that she's saving uh how much she's spending at target and along those lines so if this was in cardlytics in terms of what she spent and if that two dollars of revenue for one dollar consumer incentive continues to hold up which it has through 2021 and we'll talk about that in the number section that implies about 46 dollars of arpu in 2021 and if you annual if you annualize the uh ten dollars and 49 cents in 2022 uh, that's about 55 dollars of consumer incentive again if this was cardlytics or 110 dollars of arpu so the average between those two years is an average amount of cash back of $78, or sorry, not cash back, an average uh, revenue of $78. $78 of ARPU. This is from a single store. <laughs> and without the better targeting of using purchase data uh, from outside of Target. So presumably this could even be better within Carlytics. And therefore ARPU could even be higher for Carlytics for better data and the benefit of additional ARPU from other stores. This would be just one store. Right, not everyone shops at Target, so like maybe like you'd only maybe you could cover all uh, 175 million between Target, Walmart, maybe somewhere some else. Uh, but then it's like layer on all the other stores. What about a Best Buy? What about Home Improvement? Like there's so like that's why I'm saying like the opportunity. Like again, we're not trying to define between the uh, the difference of oh is ARPU going to be uh, two dollars or is it going to be three dollars? Right, if that's too hard right in some end state of of wondering or like even in the long term if that was the, the question we we're trying to answer that's too hard but <laughs> if we're at you know dollar two dollars today and maybe the implied assumption is that arpu is going to be eight dollars in 10 years but it's like there's it's reasonable that it could be 80 from a single store or a single group of stores and then layer on everything else that's why it just becomes an easier like that's why I get, that's why i get excited that's why i think this becomes an easier way to think about and why people should focus on cardlytics more um so imagine cardlytics again replicating this across all major stores and aggregating that on one central location in your bank app rather than having all those separate loyalty program apps so increase the the, the odds that it, that somebody's going to even see this right that if it's all together in one central location it's like oh i should look at those offers right that, that's how i would think about it because I have loyalty apps for other, uh, I probably even have Target, but I don't look at it because there's just too many of them. And if I got push notifications, I turn them off because then there's too many of them from so many different places. So I just, I ignore it. So then you also have the benefit of more users with Cardlytics, right? You're not limiting to yourself to just who's in the Target Circle uh, loyalty program or any given loyalty program, plus the additional benefit of having all the transactions outside of your single store for better targeting purposes. So with those two factors, not limiting to your loyalty program and having transactions outside of your store, it just becomes easy to see why someone like a Starbucks is, is a client of both and why we can start, it can be easy to convince others to do it, like a Target, right? I'll discuss this uh, this this social proof uh, idea in the open banking section uh, where the logic applies as well. But as if Cardalytics can continue to sign or publicize like they have been uh, signing these big and well-known loyalty programs, I think more will do the same because they'll start realizing, wait, loyalty programs aren't enough? Like Target and, 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 and Starbucks have the best loyalty programs and they're still using Cardalytics and Bridge? Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's because they're limited to the number of users they have in their loyalty program and they're limited in terms of their data. Huh. <laughs> and it's another advertising platform. Like, wow, like amazing. Like, I think it's just one of, it's one of those catalysts, again, kind of like, you know, uh, well, I guess I'll talk about in the open banking section, but no, essentially with Dosh, it was signing Venmo. And I was like, wow, maybe there's something there. Maybe we should trust, uh, you know, Dosh to do our program, which led to all these new partners. Uh, in open banking, it's Nectar Connect, and we'll talk about that. Uh, in in Cardlytics core platform, it was signing B of A, and the major bank trusting Cardlytics. Again, there's that idea that catalyst that leads to social proof and it just leads to more doing it as well. So I believe uh, there are, the thing I'm you know getting at, and one way I've thought about this is I believe there's relevant offers out there for all 175 million users. We'll talk about this later in the number section that there's only been about 30% that are like actually activating offers right now. But I believe within time, there's no reason you could not have a relevant offer for every single person. And why wouldn't you want to save money if it's relevant and easy to do, almost frictionless to do. And giving you a purchase data, which is 
to add to this even more, it should be easy to match the offers in the right amount to the right users to get that redemption. Uh, the problem up to this point, if you're like, oh, if that's so easy, why hasn't Carlos been doing that? <laughs> well, the problem up to this point is they haven't had uh, enough advertisers and offers to accomplish this. Part of that was scale. They needed Chase. They needed Wells Fargo. They got that scale. Well, then they needed the self-service component. They needed product level offers. They've done that all. They're they're executing. Everyone's like, oh, what about management execution risk? They're they're ex they're executing like um, amazingly. They got Chase. They got Wells Fargo to get the scale. They've got the self-service component in the ad agency's hands. They're adding more ad agencies now. Now they got they acquired uh, Bridge. They're they're integrating Bridge within you know the new ad server. They have that going live. So now it's just a matter of can they keep doing this? So therefore the progress of adding all the new ad agencies with CBG clients and now adding even more Bridge clients in the grocery section. So you have the combined benefits. It just becomes hard to think Cardless cannot get those right offers now in the right people's hands and have similar results to my wife at Target uh, of redeeming you know, an average of almost $78 of ARPU, uh, but across multiple stores and possibly even with better results because you're using data, you're using the actual purchase data. So you know how you should be targeting them, you know, instead of just at their own store, what they're spending elsewhere. So it should even be better than that, right? It just, this is the opportunity here. <laughs> um, additionally, other investors will go to the whole, well, how, like how often, I mean, we've talked about why the loyalty programs, you know, like people have always said, oh, they don't need to use Cardless because they have their own app, uh, their own apps, and they control that. They don't need to pay Cardless. Again, Starbucks is already using Cardless and Bridge because they don't have insights to, you know, Cardless through around twelve percent. I believe it's closer to like twenty five percent that they only see with their loyalty program, but that's still seventy percent, seventy five percent they don't see. And with Bridge, they get up to ninety percent that they can see. And then, let alone, they only have the purchase data in store instead of what they're spending outside the store. So that that argument never makes sense. Uh, the other, sorry, that was pretty blunt. The other one is in regards to well, how often people spend time in their bank apps anyway uh or spend time there well how often do they spend time in their loyalty apps i mean but anyways that point also doesn't make sense because again the reason you like this is a different platform right in the social media platforms the reason you need large amounts of time there is because you're there for a different reason you're looking at posts right so you need large amount you know you, yes you have large amount of eyeballs but you need a lot of, a lot of this time spent on the platform because then it's like okay let's subtly throw in an unsolicited advertisement and because they're not there for that they're probably going to just swipe past it and and, and skip it we got to have a lot of light, a lot of time on there. So hopefully eventually they see that. So imagine you take Facebook, you you extract all those all advertisements, you put them all in one spot. Uh, they're nicely organized and, and you can quickly scan them. How long would that take? Not long at all. A couple seconds. Okay. Well, how would, but then like imagine that it's solicited. Well, that they're actually looking at the offers. Like that's the potential here. But be, beyond that, right? <laughs> uh, like if you have more offers in the channel, plus higher in amount offers, and that they're relevant to the user, both in location and the product, like a, like a target, and then those individual offers. Like, like the, <laughs> the, the opportunity is to, like what can happen is you start creating a mindset similar to my wife at Target. That uh, quote, I always look at the Target Circle offers before and this, go to the store. Then it doesn't matter where it's at, even in the bank account, that you can hide the Cardlytics offers, put them somewhere secret even, like make it a game. Because if the offers are that good and they're relevant to people, and it's, because again, it's, it's, it's related to money, that people can save money, that they're earning saving money, the users will find it, right? Like, in Venmo, I mean, I like it is not easy to get to those offers uh, unless they're advertised on the homepage, like every now and then. It, but like the thing is that some people don't consider is my I I know where they're at now that I don't even think about it that I go like I just click here, click here, click here, click here, and there's the offers, right? Because I like it's it's easy to have that habit of oh, and I just check this by going here and here, and they're there. And the reason why, like I know I'm throwing it around a lot here, is Again, if the offers are that good, <laughs> if it's money, imagine, you know, you're saving $1,000 a year in offers or something along those lines, right? Or, or presumably even more eventually. It's like, you think people are just gonna be like, I'm not gonna go there. Yes, there's gonna be some people who don't like money and don't like saving money. But I think if it's, it, you know, if it's there, I think people will find it. And again, I don't think that's gonna be the case. Right now, I mean, on, on a lot of the banking app, it's on the homepage. It's right there to get to it. It's like, and they show you the offer. So uh, especially as it gets better and it's helping the banks, I think they'll just, you know, uh, Wells Fargo at one time did it um, where they had, you know, even their own offers tab. American Express has their own offers tab. Uh, where it's at the bottom uh chase added a benefits tab i believe it was called 
Um, and I think even B of A has some, or uh, US Bank has something like an offers tab, or maybe they're the one with the benefits tab. Again, there's multiple ways to get to the offers. And I think it's, if, if, they, if Carlos can make it that good, I think more banks will continue uh, to take advantage of it and, and maybe uh, bump it up a little bit, especially if you, they give them the self-service component. All right, that was the longest section. The last one's a go quicker. So all together, you had the low, like there's other things, but I just want to like kind of quickly summarize the last three things. So we had the three updates regarding the local mid-market, market, the ad agencies and bridge. I think overall those showed the progress that Carlex has been making towards significantly increasing the number of offers and the billings in the bank channel. Something people are like, oh, Carlex needs to focus on that? They are. Uh, I believe some get too focused on the quarterly numbers uh, in terms of comparing like ARPU quarter over quarter. Excuse me. And they miss what's going on with the business, that they have all these improvements and that they're they're really making some solid progress. Uh, but it hasn't showed up yet, but what, like in terms of numbers. And so if that's what all they're focused on, they'll think, oh, nothing's happening. When in fact, behind the scenes, a lot's happening. Uh, when you start combining all these together, the local, the ad agencies, the product level offers, I feel we'll start seeing some compounding positive benefits. Uh, and in the simplest form, I mean, more offers increase the odds of an offer being relevant to a user, increasing the odds of, of them making the qualifying purchase and Carlix earning revenue. Uh, you also have Carlix adding more ad agencies with those CPG clients who could then start placing product level offers uh, with those bridge clients or like a supermarket or grocery store. And then when you lay around the lower revenue, <laughs> a lower revenue share with SKU, which we heard, you know, Carlix talk about, and we've talked about that in our bridge write-up uh in the exact 10k language of, of fi share related to that uh but then if you also have then the lower uh incremental operating expenses because again the tech's already created uh you're not going to need much more employees to do this uh you know self-service is already you know it's using self-service you're just placing more offers out there like i feel like it's super easy to see how carlos will hit that cash flow positive by the end of 2023 something that management has specifically said that they're after i mean i think if you keep executing on this that'll be easy to do um, and as a reminder, the local and product level offers require the new ad server. So this is why it's imperative that Cardlytics gets all bank partners on the new ad server as soon as possible. Uh, hence, management's goal <laughs> of 50% of them using the new ad server by the end of 2022, and then the rest by the end of 2023. So they have that's why they have that goal as well, because they know that all this other stuff they're doing won't mean anything unless they get everyone on the new ad server. But they've also said, you know, everyone's on their own path, and we should be seeing some progress there. Open banking. So I ended up going down a huge rabbit hole and thinking about numbers here because I'm like, no one's ever talking about the numbers here. And that got so in depth that I'm, I think I'll do a new write up on that. I have a link uh, at the end here where I, I I included in my research notes where I talk about the total addressable market, how good could this get, doing a reverse discounted cash flow analysis on the current Carlyx market cap in relation to open banking and how open bank could support that whole market cap, even all the operating expenses. Because again, there's the huge benefit of no uh, revenue share. <laughs> so presumably between like like 90 to 100% gross profit margins uh, if you include delivery costs. So, uh, here, one, one second, I'm gonna just take a quick drink. All right, excuse me. So one of the quotes was regarding, I'll just read the quote. So it says, quote, the year over year growth in the UK was aided by our open banking solution. The Nectar Connect program now has nearly a half a million members making it one of the largest open banking initiatives in Europe. Due to the success of this program, we've seen strong interest from other large UK brands and we're on, on track to launch a second open banking initiative in Q2. We will be running a pilot with, with Top Cashback, one of the largest traditional affiliate uh, publishers in Europe with over 15 million UK members. No one, like, no one's talking about this. And this is huge to me. One thought I had before this update provided at Q4 was that we could possibly see a similar pattern unfold with open banking regarding social proof. I've talked about this you know, earlier in this write-up. Uh, we have seen this in other areas of the business. Venmo was a social proof for Dosh to get the more neobanks and fintechs. And you could even say that B of A was that social proof uh, for the rest of the banks. So my thought was Nectar Connect could be that same catalyst, at least to all these open banking uh, other initiatives with Carlytics. The reasoning is due to that first mover advantage, being the first one doing this in open banking and doing it at a larger scale, being a larger program. Uh, and then if you add in Carlytics experience with analyzing advertising data ba uh, based on you know purchase data or analyzing and advertising based on purchase data, which is exactly what open banking, what they're trying to do in these programs. And then you lay on their trust that Carlyx has with uh, with the banks, which is its own form of social proof. I just thought you you know combined, we're gonna start seeing a lot more programs start using Carlytics for open banking. Uh, and this could also be, you know, that same social proof aspect as what I talked about in the loyalty programs, like with Starbucks. This is why this update was big. 
Like we now know the social proof is actually working, right? That, that based on the news that now they have this next pilot happening with Top Cash Back. Uh, with, they, they said 15 million UK members, and I think there's 20 million globally when I was looking. Uh, so that can just add to the social proof that you have even more of this, like these two large programs that are using Cardlytics. Like, oh, wow, maybe we should use Cardlytics. Oh, they have all this experience with purchase, like purchase data and doing advertising. And like, it could be just huge, a huge snowball. And beyond that single program of Top Cash Back, we heard due to the success of the program, we've also had strong interest from other UK brands. And this shows that there's uh, there's more interest, like the, the interest is a function of the success of Nectar Connect and be one of the larger open banking initiative so we're seeing even that social proof working more so as cardlytics this is so key as they keep signing more open banking partners advertising reach increases leading to more advertisers and more uh, attractive offers which increases engagement with the existing loyalty programs further which then attracts even more programs increasing reach even further <laughs> and so on and so forth right has that nice flywheel effect and as a reminder there has been outsized ad demand in the uk this is some carlos has talked about where carlos just hasn't reached the scale that they need to meet that demand kind of like in the us they needed wells fargo and chase to get that 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 enough scale over 100 million maus or over 150 maus and the same thing in the uk they just haven't reached that yet they have i think two large banks but again open bank, open bank could be that, that 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 answer where they start getting more programs and they have more maus and they can start uh tapping into all that ad demand additionally the increase in nectar connect members went from sixty-five thousand was the last number i heard back i think at investor day to now two or to five hundred thousand users like that's impressive like that's almost it's almost 10x <laughs> uh and given these user like this is another key aspect these users each have to opt in right they have to it's not like the banks where they just all sign in and then over time they have to randomly find out these offers it's like oh they see these offers or they hear about these offers and they have to opt in uh so these these all these users are much more aware of their offers and are much more likely to be engaged and so when you combine that with zero percent revenue share like on on the new offers or almost near 100 percent gross profit margins it will like it won't take much to produce significant amount of cash flow here Right, and on top of that, on top of this, as I mentioned before, as Cardlytics keeps growing and adding more partners, it increases the advertising reach, uh, leading to more advertisers and better offers. So that should increase the opt-in and engagement within existing platforms like Nectar Connect even more. So we should just keep seeing this, you know, that flywheel going. Uh, after thinking about the uh, like through the details and numbers, uh, I think there's some reasonable scenarios where the current market cap could be easily covered by open banking initiatives within the next 10 years. Again, there's there's an associated probability. It's not 100% that's going to happen. Uh, and I believe that's even possible like to cover the market cap, even if all the other revenue from all the other business goes to zero. Again, kind of providing like a way of thinking about margin of safety. And again, that's a function of all the competitive advantages, the social proof, that first mover advantage, as well as you know, zero revenue share. <laughs> That's huge. And then there's the benefit. And it's also a huge benefit or a huge function of a very low market cap right now, right? This, you couldn't, do, I couldn't think through that logic if Cardlix right now is a hundred billion dollar company. That'd be much harder uh, thinking through, you know, how that 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 could work out but if they're under 2 billion it's much more easy to think about how that could happen um and, and again in order to increase the probability of this occurring cartilage just needs to continue to sign or they need to focus on open banking it has to be something that they're thinking about have employees dedicated to this and then continue to add more programs and then leverage bridge because then you could have like the target example of how much better offers are when their product level offers how much more people are going to be engaged how much more relevant they can be all unlocking all that ad spend that could be huge. So I, again, I've added some of my notes. I might do a full write-up on this in the future if I can get, if I have the time to, but for right now, they're all in my uh, my quantitative research notes. All right. In terms of neobanks and fintechs, the quote was, quote, additionally, despite delay, the marquee partner we mentioned last year is scheduled to launch uh, the Dosh platform or Dosh program in Q2. When, when I heard marquee partner, oh my gosh, my heart started pounding. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, we're finally going to figure it out. And then, like, and then we're not going to mention it. I still think it's, I still think it's a firm. I, I wrote about this back. It's been a while since I wrote about it, uh, but I have a full write up on why I think it's a firm. There's nothing that's changed my mind since. If anything, I've heard stuff from others where I even more think it's going to be a firm. Again, they haven't launched their new debit plus card yet, a firm debit plus. They haven't launched that yet. It's pot. It's still on the wait list, so that could be launched in Q2. And if that's the case, 
it could be you know it could be you know dosh uh powering that which i think is huge i mean you can't think about last year when uh buy now pay later was all the rage and everyone's like oh carlos is done they're done imagine they partner with them well now people i think because maybe you know the stock prices and everything else or just that by now pay later maybe people have a different thought of maybe they'll think nothing of this and carlos will get no you know benefits but like in terms of market perception, but I think in terms of actual financial benefit, I mean, it, it's possible that we could see, you know, a million, 10 million from something like a firm, uh, and it could be a very significant uh, program. And I'll talk about this a little bit, uh, a little bit more later. Uh, the other quote that I completely missed the first time was quote with Dosh now have 13 publishers live with the program and 19 publishers under contract and scheduled to launch later this year. That took me completely by surprise because I I think when I first heard it, I was just not thinking anything of it. And I was just like, oh, maybe 19 total. And because I have 16 that we like I, in my uh, qualitative research notes, I post, uh, you know, all the the partners that I think I have, you know, on track of. We have the existing ones that were pre-acquisition. We have the, the ones that are confirmed post-acquisition through, you know, the evidence we've seen or what has actually been officially announced. Together, there's 16 there. So maybe the first time I was listening to this, I heard 19. I was like, oh, that's kind of similar. So maybe there's just a few new ones. Uh, but then I had even 18 when you include the ones I suspect, like a firm, and then this other one, Line Financial. So I had 18 that I suspected. So compared to 19, maybe I'm like, oh, maybe there's just one other one. But then the way I've started thinking about it is like, there's potential there's 14 new ones because it could be that there's 13 that are live and that there's 19 that are under contract that are going to be like launching later this year. So it could be those are separate. There's 32 total. I have 18 that I know about. There's 14 unknown. That's huge <laughs> because there was 14. But like last time they had the announcement, it was like, oh, we signed 14. And that was a significant amount. I mean, there was like all these new partners. Right. And so, uh, it's possible there's way more. So however, it could be that there's 19 total, right? Another way instead of the 32, maybe it's 19. If Lynn stopped when she was talking about it and said, oh yeah, there's 19 under contract, maybe that it was like, okay, it's 19 includes the 13 that are already live. Uh, but the other comment that said, and schedule a launch later this year, makes it more seem like it's 19 partners, like 19 separate partners. Because I think if it was 19 total, the way it would have been said is say, we have, nine, we have 13 live with the program and six more under contract and scheduled to launch. But that wasn't how it was said. Again, I could be over reading into this, uh, but regardless, the way I thought about this, right? People always, like people, like this is true. DOSH was more an insurance policy in the fact that in the situation where primary transactions shift over time away from the traditional banks, more to the new banks and fintechs, like that's what DOSH is for. It's an insurance policy. But I still think there's value, even if that scenario doesn't occur. I think if primary transactions stay with the new banks and the fintechs, or with the primary banks, there's still a way to monetize all that advertising reach. Again, Venmo alone is now at 83 million users. That's huge, right? And I'll talk about a little bit of that more in a sec, but I still believe there's a way to get users to redeem rewards in those channels, leading to additional revenue with higher gross profit margins, because they talked about they had lower revenue share their investor day. And I'll just, let me get into this right now. So the other, kind of before, I, you know, how I summarize the advertisers, I wanted to just kind of summarize open banking and the DOSH opportunity. I believe open banking has the potential to be a cash cow for Cardlytics and that there's still untapped, uh, untapped value with the neobanks and fintechs, even in the situation where primary transactions stay with the banks. So in order to realize that value in both cases, I think it's more of a function of increasing the number of offers and the relevance of offers in these channels. And this is, uh, this is where there are further crossover benefits with all the progress discussed at the beginning, right? You have the ad agencies, the product level offers, uh, the new local offers, use those, leverage those and put them on these channels, right? The nice thing about DOSH is usually if you just put them on DOSH, the other platforms are, it's all related. So it then goes up to all those other platforms, right? Maybe they do the same thing with open banking, like in the UK. And here's the thing with open banking, I don't think I discussed this here and I'll talk about this in another write-up. Like UK is only just one place that has open banking. I believe it's also in other parts of Asia, uh, Europe and Australia. So there's significant opportunity there. But again, what they need to do, Carlos needs to do, is try to increase the number of offers and relevance of offers. At least with the neo and fintechs, again, leverage the ones that are already placing offers in the bank channel and start putting those in the in neo banks and fintechs. Maybe make it a function of the self-service platform. I saw a recent offer, so I think with Midas, that they had it on Chase, US Bank, and it was in Dosh, 
right? I think that's a, like a similar strategy that like, it's just like, hey, make it at the same time, uh, but maybe because it's not targeted based on purchase data, you just make it much smaller, right? Make it, make it like 5% or make it three, two or 3%, just increase the number of offers, increase the relevance. Additionally, add local offers from the entertainment acquisition and product level offers uh, from Bridge. We've already seen it in Dosh, right? Roll that out to everyone. I think that'll increase engagement, kind of like a similar uh, to the targets example. Um, and then especially within Venmo. I think Venmo is just that huge... <laughs> like there's so much potential there. We've also heard with open banking, it's on the new ad server, so you can have product level offers with Bridge. Uh, so that will help. Um, and given there is much less scale to meet ad demand in the UK, Carly's just needs to continue to focus on uh, doing what they're doing and add more programs to, to increase that reach, to increase more advertisers, and then get the more offers. Further benefit could come from uh, giving the open banking partners engage the new self service for banks and adding self service within Venmo for Venmo business accounts who accept their payments uh, like through Venmo, right? Like there's this huge side of the market. Yes, primary transactions might be elsewhere, but what about all the advertisers or, or yeah, the, the advertisers of business that accept payments through Venmo, right? Make it like all the other social media platforms who can do self service on their own in the apps. Do that within the Venmo business accounts. I thought that was a huge opportunity. We talked about this in self-service or banks is if you could start rolling that out where more of this, the SMBs or maybe large marketers said the bank's doing it. If the, the bank account holders, those businesses could also place it through the bank account, right? So again, it only takes one high value offer that's relevant to each user to produce significant revenue, cash flow, uh, gross profit and cash flow, and make this all worth it to get significant benefit out of this, right? It doesn't have to be like, oh, this huge shift where then we get value out of like, if all the primary transactions shift, now we can monetize it. You can monetize it now, right? And I, I think the perfect example of this, I always go back to, I should have put this in the write-up, is uh, Venmo had an offer for $10 off, $10 spent or more on uh, Panda Express, essentially a free meal. You're getting a free meal. People online and thread, and I, I had this link somewhere else, maybe it's in my notes, excuse me, where people were just talking about like crazy. I even had my dad, when I talked about it, next day he texted me, he's like, hey, I seen it in Venmo. How do I redeem this? If it's that good, Steve Martin quote, be so good they can't ignore you, people will like not only not ignore it, but how do I use this? Like it's free, it's free. Like free is such this powerful thing. You might think, well, you can't, like that, that doesn't work on a ROAS, uh, return on ad spend uh, basis. Well, that's why you start thinking about an LTV uh, to CAC, lifetime value to customer acquisition cost. And it just becomes, but again, the, the point I'm trying to make is if you can get that high value offer that's relevant to someone, someone will use it, there's ad spend there and people will figure out how to do it and you can monetize all those, those those MAUs. It just, it, I, I just don't want to see it to go to waste. <laughs> uh, B of A, right? There was a quick quote that said, let me read this real quick because I think it's important. Quote, our B of A contract renewal is going well and both parties are confident uh, that our mutually beneficial relationship will continue for years to come. Both parties are working hard to get this done so we can launch the new ad server and the, the experience it enables. The way I read into this, I thought about this two ways. This comment regarding the new ad server and the user experience, they say both parties are working hard to get this done so we can so we can launch it. It makes it seem that they've already agreed to it, which is a progress update because before they said that was a negotiating item that they didn't say that they accepted it. On the other hand, it could be possible that B of A has not agreed to the new ad server yet. Uh, and this is what Car why Carlos is continuing to hold out. Um, we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but I actually think it's more of a function of you know, Cardlytics, like that, that B of A has in fact accepted the, that they said, yes, we want the new ad server. We want the new user experience. We want the local offers. We want product level offers uh, that, cause that makes sense. Right. But that they're hesitant regarding, you know, Cardlytics hosting it. Cause that they, they're the only bank Cardlytics is not hosting their tech um, and putting it in the cloud. And the reason this also makes more sense is Cardlytics has talked about this before. It's like, yeah, some of the banks are hesitant to put it in the cloud. So that could be why they're still holding out. They said, nope, we, we won't do it. We, we'll give it to you. We'll give you all these things, exactly what you want, but we need to host it and we need to put it in the cloud. Uh, and so I think overall though, this shows that updates are being made. Another thing that people aren't talking about is if you go in the 10K, there was an update with the B of A contract that they said it was extended through August 31st, 2022. Boom. And even if like it doesn't get renewed by then, it still has all the same language of, oh, then it'll automatically renew on a month month basis. Because again, the key aspect that everyone just, I feel like just doesn't, get cardlytics is the one holding out they hold the, the, the cards there was the exact quote about this that says quote we're holding out to get the right things in the contract that happened in january just a couple months ago and then again if you you could think you know oh cardlytics is just saying that right however recall <laughs> cardlytics has even more leverage after the whole fig and b of a or uh, uh rewards network situation uh, I, again i have more detail that i've done full write-ups on that if you're interested 
Okay, in terms of Chase, I did a full uh, you know, write-up that I thought that Chase was on the new ad server. There was all these clues. I was wrong. I, 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 I'm quite surprised. I kept going back to the quote where they said, uh, you know, at Investor Day back in June uh, of 2021, they said Chase is also on track to take the new ad server by, by the end of the year. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, like, like we have that they're on track. And the fact that there was all these like key little evidence that I was like, oh, this just makes sense, right? Uh, but I think it just got delayed, right? I think they're still on path. They plan to take it. It's just going to get delayed. And maybe this will transpire during 2022 and help with the 50% goal of having 50% of the MAUs on the new ads ever by the end of 2022. All right, one last section. Q4 in the full year numbers. So I don't want to get too much in the weeds because I think people, you know, focus too much on short term, like, and that's not really important. Like, then this information becomes stale within, you know, a couple quarters. Instead, I want to focus on what, what, what can we take from this that maybe helps with the long term or the end state of the business. So in my quantitative research notes, I added a, like a, a nice little summary uh, between all the years. I did this myself, so there could be errors because I'm, I'm plugging and chugging here and, and adding and calculating numbers. Uh, but I thought it was helpful to get a lot of conclusions uh, based on these numbers. So some of the conclusions, ones, I mean. I mean, MAUs can continue to increase, which is very significant, uh, which could be quite significant if it continues to increase, if they can sign someone like an American Express or USAA. Um, and so today there's around 175 million MAUs. One change quarter over quarter was adding Venmo to the list of bank partners that they have like on their investor presentation, I believe, and in their their, their earnings. I can't remember. Maybe it was just in the investor presentation. That's it. But this was the first time they added Venmo. And so it's possible that of the 175 million, they start including that now, uh, that, that Venmo is a part of this. But if they did, they probably only included debit card users, which like Venmo debit card users, which is not very many, because if they were including all Venmo users who presumably are all in MAU because they were all served a, a QR code offer that was powered by DOSH, well, that's 83 million users. <laughs> so obviously they're not all included there, but that just shows you again, the potential there. Gross profit uh, increased to the highest it's been. Gross profit percentage uh, as a percentage of revenue increased the highest percentage it's ever been in four years. And this is likely a function of the following comment in the 10K where it said that uh, billions was partially, partially offset by an increase in consumer incentive that fun, uh, that was funded by the partner through a reduction in the partner share. Now there could be some nuances there that you know, they paid them so that gets recorded and then it goes to consumer incentive, but I don't think that's the case. I'm guessing it reduces that and then it went into the consumer incentive instead. And so I think it could be another year or so until we start seeing that real big benefit of increasing gross profit margins from the lower revenue share from Bridge. Uh, but when that happens, that'll be quite exciting. I also track operating expenses as a percent of revenue. And what I want to see, and I, I do some uh, like some new, like I change it slightly to be, you know, I don't want things that are, I want more reoccurring expenses, not one-time expenses. I want it to be more a function of uh, get rid of the depreciation, I back, you know, capital expenditure, stuff like that. Uh, I'm trying to just get thinking more in terms of actual cash flow analysis. But in terms of operating expenses at a percent of revenue, I'm doing this to see what the operating leverage is in the business. Hopefully you'll just see that shrink over time. It becomes a smaller, smaller percentage. We saw an increase in 2021, but that's a function of the recent DOSH and bridge acquisitions. Over time, they'll start that should decrease because those should stay constant and they can leverage leverage those businesses, start putting a lot of billions of revenues on top of that and not having that increase or uh, or proportional increase uh, in operating expenses, hence operating leverage. ARPU increases, uh, which was quite surprising that it increased because you had that, again, you had that large increase in MAUs and because that's, an, you know, that you know increasing denominator impact makes it harder to have an overall year-over-year uh, -year increase in ARPU uh, because the denominator is increasing. So that was quite impressive to see. Uh, but again, over time, if you start achieving what we talked about, especially like, you know, the target example, <laughs> like we're just going to see this hockey stick in ARPU. Uh, revenue to cash uh, to consumer incentive. I like doing that ratio because I use that in my like for trying to do quick analysis or bottoms up analysis, like we talked about with the bridge section and target. Uh, uh, cost per serve sale versus cost per redemption pricing models. Uh, the, uh, CPS decreased this this year, and actually the cost per redemption was the highest percentage that we've seen in four years. That it went up to 32%. So I just thought that was a, kind of an interesting number. Engagement. We heard a number that I don't know if we've ever heard before, which was the number of MAUs activating offers and how many uh, they they activated. I think we're the two, right? Uh, unique MAUs activating offers, 51 million, and then offers activated 597 million. 
So what I did is I, I thought of this, and this is my own way of thinking about it. It might not be the right way, but in terms of an engagement rate, you could think of, okay, there was 51 million of the 171 million approximately MAUs that were activating offers, which is about a 30% engagement rate. Uh, in terms of average revenue per engaged user, that was about $5. Um, and then average consumer incentive per engaged user was about $2. And I get into some nuances here. I, I go into some, you can read this if you're curious of like how I was thinking about this. Uh, but essentially the way this is important is you could say, okay, this is what it's like. These are the numbers when people are engaged. So as engagement rate increases, you're going to get a benefit alone, let alone if these numbers can increase as you start adding more advertisers, more relevant offers, product level offers, et cetera. So in closing, one way I like to tie this all together or all the points that we talked about is thinking about in terms of, and trying to think about it in terms of an investment perspective is thinking of all the individual paths with their own scenarios and their own probabilities of each of those scenarios occurring and then adjusting those probabilities based on the new information. Again, we talked about before how I thought about this in terms of their own distinct paths. You have the core card Linux business, you have bridge, you have DOSH, you have open banking. Each of them have their own value potentially that have associated cash flow they can generate. And so they have their own respective value. So for any one of those, you know, they have their own scenarios and any good scenario, there's a, there's a, co a corresponding probability of that occurring leading to an expected value. Now, again, I get into some nuances here. I might do a full write-up on this. I started adding it here, got way too in depth. And I'm like, okay, this could be a good full write-up. Uh, and so I added that. I don't think I've added that to my research notes yet. I, I think I need to do that. Uh, but essentially I'm, th I'm right now, I'm thinking about this in terms of independent probabilities uh, and, independent scenarios. And the reason I like doing that is because if any in, 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 in a certain scenario, it's potential that any any single one of these, Carlytics, Bridge, Dosh, Open Banking, could cover the market cap, which would, like that presumably then creates this huge margin of safety uh, for an investment perspective. So based on the updates that we were given on Q4 that were discussed in this post, it looks like the overall the Cardlix business is improving uh, with the probability of each of the good scenarios in their respective scenarios also is increasing, right? Specifically, the probability of each occurring uh, increases from in the core business. Again, if you have this scenario that, that this really good scenario of happening, whatever that scenario may be, for a good scenario has increased because you're adding more ad agencies with 90 to maybe 120 plus advertisers. You have the existing ad agencies that are using the self-service platform more and increasing their ad spend. You have an acquisition for local and SMB content. You have a strategic plan to add more MAUs uh, with, with American Express and the potential of there's potential B of A progress that they might've already accepted the new ad server. Excuse me. All those are data points that we should say, oh, in our head, the probabilities increase that, you know, whatever scenario I thought of, it's probably more likely to occur now based on what we heard at Q4. For DOSH, they added more neo-based fintechs and they have the up, now we know that there's still on, on that there's gonna be that launch, that new marquee partner. Open banking, we're, like we talked about with the social proof and that how they, they're starting to get that scale and that, that snowball and, and momentum going. They added an additional program uh, with possibly no revenue share and uh, the interest from other programs. Bridge, three late stage opportunities and CPG and growth rate. So therefore, as the business and each line of business continues to improve, the probability of each of those great scenarios within those respective lines uh, occurring increases as well. So which leads to higher expected values today, right? The expected value that those are going to happen increases. And it's like, especially as the price of the stock decreases, it's like you have this widening effect going on of like, hey, the business is improving, the probability of this occurring, it keeps increasing. At the same time, everyone's thinking it's going the opposite because of short term or, you know, even, you know, extended period of time, macroeconomic events. Uh, but if the business is that good, I think that will more than make up for uh, any macroeconomic impact. Again, it's all about what that cash flow will be. I also added these updates. I've done this flywheel before. Again, I know people always talk about a uh, flywheel. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, if you can't, you know, like I like it because it's a nice visual. I added a little bit to this uh, in purple. I've talked about like kind of how this all fits in uh, to see like how this is all, you know, you know, maybe the secondary impact. So again, I, I just, with all these updates that we're hearing, I really look forward to 2022. All right. So, hey, again, if you've enjoyed this content, if you enjoyed anything in the past, anything, you know, maybe any of the investment insights, the discoveries or thoughts I've shared, uh, please consider becoming a paid supporter of the channel or, or uh, a premium supporter of the channel in terms of my Substack. you know, your support. I mean, I've had, I was actually quite surprised. I've had people subscribe before I even had an offering. And now that I've added research notes, the amount of people who subscribe, <laughs> like, thank you. Like I, I've, it, it's, it's, it's been quite, 
humbling in a way. And I, I'm excited to continue adding in the research notes as well as adding my Carvana research notes and doing more in the future. But the more that we keep getting to more paid subscribers, increases the odds that I can do more of this, right? It just it increases it dramatically. So your support means a lot. And thank you to all the ones that have already subscribed. So everyone, thank you so much for listening and watching. And I'll see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone.